sex. So he couldn't, really, <laughs> he couldn't figure out a way to fit sex in there. That is, just... <laughs> uh, that's great. That is really, really clever. And, well, you know what that is? That's smart. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here, my partner as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? I'm going well, thank you, Ezra. <laughs> you like that little intro that we just did there? Yeah, it was nice. It was it was good, you know, like uh, we have been, uh, well, traveling. I saw you in another country just not that long ago and now I'm back at home and you're back at home. I imagine you've slotted back into society and uh, got back into your, your diet and exercise and work routine. Yeah, man. It feels good to be in my home, to be in my home city. Um, I just got back from Vegas and I'll tell you what, Vegas is a lot like that all-inclusive resort we were just at where it's a completely manufactured experience. It's like there was desert and they built in the desert this like mecca of stuff that feels like it doesn't quite belong there. Yeah. Isn't it the busiest local airport or something in the United States? Yeah, it is quite popular, and and I'm I I didn't really get it, man. I kind of it, the, the the allure of Vegas was lost on me. Uh, although I did quite enjoy playing poker. Well, that's what I was just going to say. You like your poker? I would have thought it'd hold more appeal to you than it did for me. For me, the appeal there was the activities like air combat, zero gravity. But I do have fonder memories of it when I was like a kid, like twelve or something. I was uh, winning teddy bears and stuff, uh, you know, with water pistols and at that circus circus place they had a lot of amusements yeah it's a fun place it'll be good to go there shows and stuff together sometime let's um (laughs) i think we probably will end up in vegas together like the hangover um let's just not get a tattoo or hang out with mike tyson well you know that's what they told me not to do that in thailand because i think that's where this happened on this movie mike tyson and tattoos yeah well the tattoo of mike tyson on the dude didn't he do it somewhere (laughs) overseas I don't know, man. I don't know. I haven't even seen the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're on track there. All right. So, what are we talking about today? We really want to get to the point. Yeah, let's get oh, to the point. I saw a comedy act the other day, and the guy says, "You know what you need to do, Ezra? You need to get yourself a pyramid, and you need to get to the point." And he puts copyright Arch Barker. <laughs> I didn't get that. Went right over my head, and then I got Did you? it. No, I got oh, man. it. Man, well then you need to get a filing cabinet, put it in the bathroom, and sort your shit out. <sighs> Okay. Did you get that this too? Is, that one I got. That one I got. Okay. Um, it was funny. I, I give that one to you. Um, all right. <laughs> in this episode, we're talking about speed. Now, in our society, we commonly equate faster with better. Products like six-minute abs sell really well. And as c- technology continues to develop, things continue to move faster. Communication moves faster. Like the younger generation, they don't email. It's too slow for them. They text, they text or they instant message. So speed is just the rate at which something is able to move. And luckily for us, more often than not, we control that rate. So speed, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Oh, I like this topic a lot. I've even used this name in some of my domains before because it sort of harks back to that. The fact is that people value speed. They seem to value speed. And 
it's almost like we're told that this is a mandatory thing and there's a lot of conflict that I had to go through to resolve stuff like the fact that I tend to read slowly and I like to read in my chair with you know a Kindle these days but I actually I still read the words out loud I don't put them on these uh, I don't listen to the books on sort of fast forwarded things and I don't do it on a treadmill with oxygen shoved up my nostrils you know like some people do which I think is just obscene it's ridiculous I like the enjoyment the relaxation of reading slowly yet other people place a high value on reading quickly and they want to speed up all their education and I think what's the point what's the point of that why do they do this I think you make a really good point that we are sold that faster is better and I'm advocating for slowing down in general and in particular starting things slowly. So if we want to talk about it from a perception perspective, slower often feels better. You have more time to sense what's going on. When you're moving slowly, you can take in more of what's happening. So tactile experiences, things like sex tend to feel better when you're moving slow, slowly. And from a business standpoint, slowing down allows you to build momentum in the right direction. In the beginning of a process, you're figuring out like how things work and like where's the steering wheel and how quickly does the brake respond and what is the condition of the road. And if you start slowly, you get a sense of how things feel and where things are so that you can build momentum in the right direction and pick up speed from there. Because I'm not advocating against speed. I'm advocating for starting slowly so that you don't have to go back later and fix things. Like if you've ever studied martial arts, you know that you learn a technique, you learn it slow, you practice it slowly a thousand times, and eventually you perform it very quickly. Once you're good at something, once you have knowledge of it, then you can move quickly. Yeah, that's a pretty good distinction. I notice a lot of, especially kids, when you introduce them to a new game or sport or something, they will want to just dive right in and just rip through it without any basic instruction. And sometimes the learning curve can actually be slower because they have to, you know, make mistakes that wouldn't need to be made. So I've sort of built in a standard operating procedure when I start something new is to seek some foundational instruction. Like uh, the example would be learning to surf, go out with someone who's a very good surfer they show you how to stand and how to hold it how to paddle which waves to catch and uh, that's like when we went surfing in Hawaii Uh, it was much easier for me to tackle that project with someone who had more experience and in the end remember we developed the formula that it was going to be easier for me to try and stand up surfing the whitewash than to even go right out the back yeah it would have been better if I'd brought you there first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so you know, we rushed into the the thing and then and then adjusted. But at least we recalibrate. The the um, road analogy is interesting to me. I think you could go too slow sometimes. I still remember this this guy I used to work with. He was a bit of a perfectionist, and at the end of the day, we'd go out to the car and we'd hop in and drive off. Except this guy would sit there for ages. And I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? <laughs> but he would adjust the seat. He would adjust and tune the radio. He would check the fan things. He'd look at all these mirrors. <laughs> he would, uh, you know, get calibrate all the controls. And then he would pull down the mirror, check his face, adjust his hair, make sure his tire was straight. And then, like, after half an hour, he'd be driving off. Like, I'd be home by that time. You know, I, I do think that there is a... You can obviously go too intense in either direction, but personally, if I'm going to lean towards one direction, I'm going to lean towards a little bit slower when I'm getting started with something. 
Yeah, well, I, I've heard of this called an NFFS, which is a no fail first step. So by starting out slow, it allows you to increase your chance of success because you're taking in a small input and you're able to process it fully. And you know, it's hard get, to do sometimes. It's really it hard. It would be like juicing, you know? If you cut the pieces a little smaller and you put them in a bit slower, you get a very effective run. If you try and jam in too big a chunk or too quickly, it locks the thing up. That's true. That's true. Depends on the kind of juicer you have, though, I guess. Well, mine's pretty pretty powerful. <laughs> well, you know, it went <laughs> silent. You, yeah. <laughs> it's remarkably take, quiet. I'll take your word for that, man. But here's the thing. My juicer is slower than those high-speed processes, and it's quieter because it uses a screw-type thing instead of whatever the other ones use. So there are ways to achieve a more powerful result by going slower. That's true. And, you know, it's not that one is right and one is wrong. Like in all things, you want to be able to have range. So you want to be able to be fast when that's needed and be slow when that's needed. And if you're going fast all the time, it's going to be hard for you when you're in a situation where slow is necessary. And, you know, it makes people feel good when you slow down with them. If you're talking to a prospective client, speaking slowly and taking your time is going to give you better results because they're going to feel that you're valuing them, that, you, that they're going to feel appreciated because you're taking your time and you're slowing down. And, you know, it doesn't take you… Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so ironic. You know, like my dad was sitting with me yesterday. He goes, now, just a bit of feedback for you uh, and we'll get to meet my dad on a future show. He goes, so I watched one of your videos the other day. I can't remember which one. But you speak too fast, and it's hard for me to understand. <laughs> All I could think of, man, you should listen to Ezra. This guy is like, I was listening to your show on that other podcast where they uh, were talking about our show for about three minutes, and then the rest of the whole show was about your smart marketer. Uh, you know, the one where they beat you up and tell you what sucks about your show, and then what was that one? Those is that dudes? what they is, is that what they do on that show? Because, yeah, you know, they pull it apart first, it. and then Dude. they bring you on in the in the in the second part to fix it. They break it, and then you fix it. But anyway, really, you speak so it. quickly that my my thought was, it doesn't matter even what you talk about. <laughs> You're so excited and so fast that people get sucked into it. You are talking about something extraordinarily unremarkable, something <laughs> so pedestrian. It was simply that you get more leads, that you convert them and that you have a higher dollar value and then you sell them more often and then you reduce your margin. And you gave them fancy names, but you spoke about it so enthusiastically. It was like you'd invented this shit and they were <laughs> just absolutely gobsmacked and, and blown away and it was like the most revolutionary thing they've ever heard in their life. And so there's something to be said for your speedy delivery in the way that it, that it excites and moves the listener. Good point. I think speed is a very effective tool if you know when you're using it, right? Like I think one of the um one of the things that I use a lot is my enthusiasm for stuff, right? Because enthusiasm is contagious. People can feel it. Emotions are contagious. If there's someone who's a negative Nancy, like the dude that we were just having a conversation about before this episode, like you can feel that. And when you're around them, you feel negative. You feel down. Positivity is contagious. I think someone was talking about this recently, weren't they? Like at this uh, Dominican thing we were at? Oh, more than likely that, that – um... Yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's why maybe we have an association that speed is good because we get ex excited. Like what's exciting to watch? For, you know, Formula One, they're fast. Uh, the 100-meter sprint in the Olympics, it's fast. It's exciting. 
things happen quickly. Like it's almost hard to process, uh, which makes it exciting. And it's almost the exact opposite of what's going to be useful for, you know, when you're doing fine work, a lot of the master craftsmen, a lot of the artisans, a lot of the people doing good work, like Stanley Kubrick or whatever, are slow. Uh, so, you know, small batch sizes, high quality, it doesn't always work with speed. Like the watch on my wrist takes one year to make. It's not fast, but it's good. And it's effective, you know, and, and taking your time and slowing down is really not going to actually take you all that much longer. It's kind of like when people speed on the freeway, all that's going to do is you get off. them. And like, well, well, they run the, the, the yellow light. I saw some guy do an illegal U-turn through a red light to snag a car spot. And it was this, you know, screeching of tires. It was a lockup of all the cars going the other way. And the, the funniest thing was there was like three more spots, just two car spots in front. Like he didn't need well, to be that quick. Well, it doesn't even get you there much faster. And it has everyone in your car not feel safe. So if you're speeding through a business conversation, your customer is not going to feel safe either. And in your so personal I think relationship- we've reached a real important uh, point here that speed is, is really uh, when you're trying to work out if you should be fast or slow with something, you really just got to see what's at stake. What is the actual result that you're looking to achieve? And will it make a big difference whether you go fast or slow? Will, will you arrive at your destination you know, 20 seconds earlier? Is that going to make a big difference to the rest of your day? Well, let's take is a it look worth at, the risk? Um, let's, let's put this in the context of an uh, in, information marketing business, right? Because we both have one of those. And I started my content marketing business back in, I don't know, January, February after a couple conversations with you, right? And what I did was I I went about it much differently than most people. Rather than putting together a product and just trying to sell it, I did six months of content. I just created videos. I marketed them on Facebook. So I took the slow approach. And that business, this business will be a seven-figure business in 2014. So it's grown rapidly even though I started very slowly from the perspective of not even have anything to, having anything to sell for the first six months. Well, that's exactly uh, – well, mirrors a conversation I was having today with someone. We're talking about one-click upsells and uh, all this sort of stuff. And I was saying, well, my, my business is sort of an organic, slower-growth business. You know, we put out podcasts, do videos. I continuously put out videos. And, and if I was too impatient to see the result, if I wanted to put out the podcast or the video and then see the sale today, it mightn't happen necessarily. However – when I said it to everyone I've already been dealing with for years, maybe five, six, seven years, today they might buy something. It might have been that, that they've reached that point or whatever, but the trust is there. They're still opening the emails. They're still visiting. It's a long game. It's actually a slow game, really. It can be a 70-year game for a lot of people, 70-something years, probably the average lifespan. It's a longer game than what people uh, seem to be playing sometimes they're playing too short again they're playing on too fast a time frame and they want the result instantly but sometimes the the longer game the slower game is more effective just like magic when they do that amazing trick that was all the preparation and the process for the years leading up to it that caused that event that magic to happen right then and there it was a slow build-up for that, but it looks fast, but it's well, not you know, deceptive. It brings me back to something that Kerry says, which is that people can feel the difference between speed with purpose and rushing. Speed with purpose can feel good. Rushing doesn't feel good. 
right? It's like that that thing, you know, like take action, just any action, just put stuff out there. I'm like, no, don't do that. Think about <laughs> think about why are you doing this? What are, what are you actually trying to achieve here? And then you know, plan your approach. Just think that that a little bit of a uh, slow and steady effort now can get you a huge result later. Like you said, you're going to pop out a million plus business from the seed of that oak tree that you planted quite some time back and you just keep adding to it. Now, I think when we talk about relationships, because fundamentally marketing is relationships, right? It's a relationship between you and the person who you're selling to. It, it comes back to trust being built. The slower you move, the, the more trust you build, right? And it comes back to the, the Joe DeSanto method of seduction. So I'm going to talk to you about a method of seduction, which won't seem to make sense at first, but it will in the end, which is that there was this guy, Joe DeSanto, and uh, he ran a sandwich shop in the 70s, came of age in the 70s, and this guy was not a good-looking guy. He was uh, hefty, so he was heavier than, than most, and you know, in our society, people who have that body type are not considered uh, um, traditionally good-looking. But uh, Joe always had a flock of women around him. He always had a group of women around him. And a guy called Vic went up to Joe one day and was like, look, man, how are you doing this? Like what, what is it that you're doing that has all these women want to relate with you that I'm not doing? Because you do not appear the way that I would think a guy who would be really popular with the ladies would appear. And Joe said, here's what I do, man. The first thing I do is I make them an offer. Any kind of offer, right? Perhaps it's to have a conversation or to have a glass of milk or to hang out. And uh, I notice how they respond to that offer. And if, I, if at any point I feel any, any type of resistance or any type of um, hesitance on their side, I move, I move back. I back off immediately. And I'm back off even further than they, would have, than they would have thought I was going to. And what I'm doing is basically uh, I'm covering their fear of loss because the only reason that people don't want you to do something is because they're afraid they might lose something by you doing it. So traditionally in the man-woman game, women are afraid that a guy won't respect their no, that he won't uh, uh, stop when they say, hey, I've had enough. And so what I'm doing by backing way off when I feel any sense of resistance is I'm building trust. I'm showing them that at any, at any sign of resistance on their part, I'm going to stop and I'm going to back off. And when they do accept my offer, what I do is I really enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy that glass of milk or that conversation and I acknowledge them for it. And so he, he, he built up this method, which is basically push-pull. So he'd move towards them until he felt resistance. And as soon as he felt resistance, he'd back way off. And he was building trust by doing it. Um, and he was moving very slowly. And it's a very effective way of relating with people. Make them some kind of an offer. Notice how they respond to it. And then make them another offer. Or if they didn't have a positive response, back way off so that they know that you've backed off. And so in personal relationships, being aware of the speed at which you're moving lets your partner know that you're paying attention to them. You're, you're noticing what speed of walking feels good to them, but your attention's not on yourself. You're noticing how fast they're eating and you're matching that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the same with horses who wear their nerves on the outside. So uh, interesting. Slow and steady wins the race, hey? And back to the tortoise. But there must be a flip side to this, Ezra. You know, like we hear a lot of things, money loves speed, et cetera, speed of implementation. Uh, I talk about in our productivity stuff, like I just get things done a lot faster than most people that I know. And, I'm, and I'm as do sure. I. I mean, you know that yeah. about me, right? I get stuff done super quick. 
So you're a maniac, like especially impl implementation. I think I even said to you the other day, like I think you're probably working too much. You did, you did. Because <laughs> uh, I, I see probably... you when you get into that mode. And you know when it's most noticeable? It's most noticeable when there's no internet. When we're standing there as the Dominican <laughs> Republic at three in the morning uh, trying to pick up the scent of a Wi-Fi you know, we know that, that there's something tugging on our requirement to, to turn up that we need to address. So here's, here's what I changed as a result of that. Uh, and this is quite an interesting thing related to the topic is because I was holding up a process, I made a, an amendment to the way we do things to disinvolve me, to step me away from having to hold up the machine. So I created an account. With something, I created another account with something else. I joined them up together with the standard operating procedure and assigned that as someone else's responsibility. And then I've removed myself from the process. And that's because I was stuck in that. So that actually gives me back some time. And that time, I don't have to uh, reinvest it back into another work function, which if I did, I'd be able to leverage up the business. But I could also reinvest it back into a life function. I could reinvest that back into uh, pre-sunrise surf or something right you know uh, uh, so you can decide where you put that time well there's the there's you know going back to your initial point there's analysis paralysis right which is what a lot of people get stuck in they just kind of thinking about stuff and never actually doing it so yes there is there is the element of moving too slowly right but but that doesn't tend to be the problem that people have for the you know in, in my experience right they eat too fast they like people more often than not uh, slowing down is the right move for most people. But then again, if you're if you find that you're slowing down and you're and you're not getting anything done, then speed up. You know, you got to kind of gauge that for yourself. So I do think you could get caught in the trap of just moving too slowly and never getting anything done. But right, so there's there's these varying lines, and again, I think it comes down to what is the point or the result. If you're going to do a if it's if it's a process that you're familiar with that you have to do. So there's a few filters like you, you. It's like a. It's worth doing at all, right? If it's not worth doing, don't do it. <laughs> if it's worth doing, and if it's something that you do repeatedly, that you're highly skilled with, that you um, are almost even unconscious or subconsciously aware of, then by all means, be fast, be speedy with it, because there's no real benefit for going slow with that, because it will be finished in a short amount of time, which we you know, which you can use for something else. There's an opportunity cost for every minute or every second. The main complaint that I have with people is they're doing things they shouldn't do or that aren't even worthwhile doing in the first place, like uh, crossing town to save 50 cents on a coffee. They're going to burn more time in that endeavor than to save, you know, than they would have if they just spent the extra 50 cents and stayed right where they are. So you can, you know, they could hurriedly rush across a few streets or across half a suburb to save 50 cents. So they're, they're rushing, they're fast, they're speedy, but they're wasting time because it wasn't even worth doing in the first place. And um, you lost me on that one, dude. Sorry, man. Well, let's just, <laughs> let's just pick up. Uh, <laughs> oh, so oh, oh, I remembered. I remembered. Sorry. I, I, was, I, I completely uh, – when you started talking about coffee and 50 cents per cup and um, – <laughs> my mind started to wander, but I, I get what you're saying. That is ineffective to to rush across, to spend your time going across town to save fifty cents. You spend more than that in gas. It makes a lot of sense. But one of the things I wanted to bring up was how you use systems to increase your speed. 
right? This is a lesson that I've learned from you that like you can actually move much quicker with a system in place. Yeah. And again, the whole point of this is it's stuff that you're going to have to do. Like you've d- decided this is the highest value work that you can do. You're going to do good work. You know, and we're used to this idea. You can, you can have good work or fast work or cheap work. You can pick two. I generally will go for the good work. And, but I want to get my good work done fairly quickly. I want to make reasonable quality videos, for example. So I'll use a good camera. I'll use a good mic. I'll use good lighting. And I will have a standard operating procedure. So the way you get things done fast is you document the process and you do it until it becomes habit. So that will be having a set routine. So you can quickly set up, you can quickly record, and then you can test to make sure you captured it. And then you can quickly pack down if you need to. And then you can be editing and sending it off. So basically from idea to completion can be very fast without compromising on the quality. And it just means getting good. Like even the hand movements and the, like to insert SD card, switch camera on, turn on sound from mic, flip open camera, turn the other way, grab remote control, autofocus, record, stop, and then pack it back the other way. It's all, it's just a routine, it's a habit. So setting routines, creating standard operating procedures, uh, calendar alerts are good too because it removes the requirement for you to be thinking about stuff. So you don't have to waste a lot of transition time between thinking about what should I do now? What should I do now? I literally have a post-it note with what I need to do, like the top two or three things that I need to do today will be there waiting for me when I wake up in the morning because it's the last thing I write down. So I can quickly get to them while I have the most willpower in my body, when I've had the most rest, when I've just charged up with the green juice, when I've just had a fresh shower, you know, like bang, that's when I'm going to hit those tasks and they're going to be demolished probably before most people arrive in their office. I'm done. The rest of the day then is up to me to enjoy slowly. And I will, I'll grab a a book. I'll go down to the coffee shop. I'll buy a takeaway and I'll walk across to the beach and I'll sit there and I will slowly read my book and I'll lap up that book. I'll enjoy it and I'll remember everything about it and then I'll be sure to implement stuff from it rather than hurriedly trying to just jam it into my brain on triple speed or whatever. I think the point that we are making is to be conscious and aware of the speed that you're moving and the tasks that you're doing. So, you know, perhaps it is something that you'd like to move quickly through, or perhaps it's not, but the point is to be aware of what's going on and not just be on autopilot, which brings us right to our weekly willpower wager. I think we should just roll Carol, bro. Gee, I've lost Carol. magic. Roll we got to roll Carol. <laughs> weekly willpower wager. So, all right, for the next seven days, the next time you find yourself rushing through something, slow down. And ask yourself, why are you doing that? Is it because you don't want to feel what's going on? Is it because it's a task that maybe you don't want to be doing? And if that's the case, maybe you can pass it on to someone else. Or is it maybe, is there something about what you're doing that you don't want to confront? So understand and pay attention to the speed at which you're doing things and why. Yes, it reminds me of that saying, like, uh, is it some Japanese proverb or something like, stop eating when you feel 80% full or 70% full or something? It's like if you if you literally eat your meals slower, you're going to feel full faster and you'll eat less. So there's, there's definitely some real payoffs for consciously being aware of why you're doing stuff. 
That's and right. especially, and my absolute favorite one is, should you even be doing it at all? That's my favorite one. And only you can answer that question, but you can't answer it if you don't ask it. Good idea. You, get, you want good answers? Ask good questions. That's right. News and updates. We've got Fast Food Formula 5 coming up in Sydney, March 19th to the 21st. It is going to be the best marketing event of the year. You've got to be there. You've got some good folks coming down. I have some great folks. I'll brave the announcement here, but uh, Andre Chaperon and his lovely wife, Anita, are coming down to Fast Web Formula, and they're also doing the Silver Circle Day. It's important to note that Fast Web Formula is actually the 20th and 21st of March. The 19th is just for Silver Circle members and special guests, so Andre will be there talking about email, autoresponder stuff. I also think Justin Brooke might be popping down, which would be lovely. And he's a beast of a media buyer. He's very popular with the media and traffic stuff, and we've become great friends. And uh, to his credit, he posted something on Facebook about what are the good events to go to, and I put in a little vote for my own event. And uh, you know, he asked more about it, and I think they're coming down. So I really hope that happens. I'm sure we'll be able to confirm that maybe by our next show. However, it's um, it's it's that kind of event. We're going to have some, you know, there'll be plenty of millionaires. There'll be plenty of very successful people. Be a hundred and something people and it's going to be a great right here you can rent a surfboard and go for a surf talk you'll be able to live the stuff we talk about uh and meet ezra and i of course we'll be there we'll be podcasting oh, at the event you can be in the podcast. we should be podcasting i'll tell you what i'm going to be there for three weeks man we should have it a goal to record like seven podcasts in that three weeks we will be upping our podcast ante because we're talking about it at a very popular event in january uh traffic and conversions right that's right. We'll be talking about podcasting at the one of the um, one of the uh, more popular marketing events in our community, and uh, <laughs> we've got to be cranking them out so that we can, um, you know, talk about what's been going on in the last couple months before that event. And I'll also be going to Underground Ten, which is a very special event for me because it was Underground Four that I sort of got on the plane and went to. Well, it'll be six years since that event, and I'm going to be talking about. What happened? How you go from attending an event to creating multi-million-dollar business? That is the story. And speaking, you've spoken at literally every major event in the community this past year. I mean, I've spoken at most of them as well, but you, you've got me with uh, with number of events you've spoken at. So, well, I'm not even trying to 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 tally up a big number, but what I have been able to refine is. The ability to speak at any event that I would like to speak at, and I've been really well supported by the event owners, whether it's Ryan Dice, whether it's Yannick Silva, Fishin Lakiani. I've been uh, fortunate enough, and of course, Dory. Uh, these people have been super supportive, and they've said, hey, you know, have some time. In fact, Vishen gave me his spot at Zentrepreneur. He was that enthusiastic for me to share my message and it was really well received. So I'm grateful for uh, people recognizing that there's a message to be told. And I, I'm looking forward to, you know, so January, February and March are already looking great. I'll be, and here's something people may not know is that I always present something new. I never recycle presentations. Certainly most of the presentations are fresh and new information, uh, you know, at, at time of hand because I really like to, deliver something no one else has ever heard or no one else has got access to. So it'll be good to see you if you're at any of these events. 
And I've got an e-commerce course uh, coming out on Wednesday. So by the time this podcast airs, you can go to ecommerce.shopify.com or the Shopify blog and check out a 15-video e-commerce course that I did for them um, all about uh, how to run Facebook ads for your business and, and things like that. So that'll be fun. And ch- definitely check that out if you're interested. Super cool, mate. You are like the e-commerce machine. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. They, 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 Shopify has been very supportive of me, and I've got to give them kudos to that because you know I've gone, I've talked to literally every e-commerce, you know, every good e-commerce company in our community, and I'll tell you what, Shopify has really been the most responsive, the most willing to take feedback about what things they could do with their platform to make it even better, and they've just been really cool to work. Oh, come with. on, why don't you level with the listener and be super honest? The real reason you like Shopify is because they let you slide down their slippery dip. That's true. They've got a slide. They've got a slide. I never heard it called a slippery dip, but um, oh, that's what we call them here. What you, slippery you know, dip. Them? Slippery dip. Really? Yeah. Uh, all right. The slippery dip. Yeah. <laughs> the slippery dip. You know, actually thinking about it, that's more of a phrase that I'd expect to come out of your mouth. That's right. It reminds me of the dipsy doodle. Dipsy do. Do dipsy doodle. Yeah. The dipsy doodle. Dirty diaper dandy. Um, oh dear. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to our comments. We've yeah, got some. Best. We've got some comments. Uh, we have a. If you're interested, you know, we're interested in hearing from you. It's the reason we do these episodes is because we we want to engage with you. We want to talk to you. We want to know what you think about all this stuff that we talk about. So we, you can just leave a comment on our blog. You can use the SpeakPipe function to leave a voice comment, and we'll play it on the show. You can uh, leave a comment in iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. You can just go to Google Think Act Get or click on the little iTunes link next to our episode there in the top corner, and it'll bring open up iTunes. You can uh, shoot a comment to us there. We've had some comments, and the most recent one is from Paul Smart on the Desire episode. He says, I think this is perfect timing. Now that I've finished this podcasting roller coaster, in, the, in three weeks I've had, the desire, I've had the desire, attitude, and motivation to control my habits and finish every single tag episode. That's more than one a day, Paul. Good on you. Wow. Um, By the way, me- I, just, uh, I just posted our number one episode as a reminder to people on my Facebook to go and listen to if they haven't already found Think Act Get. Because I still bump into people like, oh, I just found your podcast, Think Act Get. And, uh, yeah, I started at the beginning and I'm working my way through. So I've just sort of, okay, I'll go and see who else in my Facebook doesn't even know we have this podcast. Yeah, I should do a bit of promoting to it. You know what I just realized about this comment? I'm going to read it over because it has the name of every one of our episodes in this sentence. So check this out. I didn't even realize he was doing this. All right. I think it's the perfect timing now that I've finished this podcasting roller coaster. In the three weeks, I've had the desire, attitude, and motivation to control my habits and finish every tag episode. It has left me with the confidence and willpower to change without fear of burnout or a culture of excuses. You guys have a relationship to leadership and are leaving the rest of the community with a feeling of overwhelm at the quality of communication you're pumping out. I'm learning it is not about success or money, but about balance and ethics. And I thought it was all about the marketing. We have all the rights to stick to itiveness, and I hope you get networking with some other guests like dads. Just want to leave this feedback and acknowledge your awesome work. Sex. So he couldn't, really, <laughs> he couldn't figure out a way to fit sex in there. That so is just, <laughs> so it's, that's great. That is really, really clever. And, well, you know what that is? That's smart. That is smart. That's very smart. That's super clever. I didn't notice it at first, but good for him. And, and I, I'm glad that he just kind of threw sex in there at the end because I don't know where he would have put it otherwise. Oh, there's always room for sex. 
That's true. There is. All right. So we have Hollis here on the podcasting episode. Great guys. You great stuff. You guys are the shiz nizzle bamboozle. Uh, I, I'm guessing that's good. Uh, props to Ezra <laughs> for still dropping quality info with that wicked cold. That's it. Ezra Ezra does battle through uh, from time to time with you, but once I get him onto roast lamb, I'm sure it'll all be fixed. I'll tell you what, man. I haven't been sick uh, since I've been on this protein kick, so uh, I really do think there's something to that. You know, I really felt for you in the DR when we were, when we were there and you looked a little worse for wear. You just said, dude, I can't eat the food here. I'm like, man, I feel, I feel for you, but I don't get it at all. I ate just fine. Cheeseburgers at 4.30 in the morning, no problem. That's so gnarly, dude. All right. Dan Norris on the Desire episode says, I love this one, guys. Thank you for your kind words and your great talk, James. Totally agree with you on the half-down criteria for great autos. Not sure what he means. Oh, he's saying if you have have a great car and you love it, you drive it the window down to listen to the engine. Ah, I see. And it's, it's something that I, you know, a few years down the track still, I, I love like to put the window down when I take off. You know what it's all about. It's that it's the acoustic experience of four exhaust pipes fueling 6.2 liters of V8 pleasure. You don't need a stereo in that car. <laughs> V8 pleasure? For you, I think it was more of a, a fire-breathing dragon fear ride of, of uh, hell. But yeah. for me, it's absolutely awesome. Speaking of guys who speed in their vehicles, I don't speed. I just want to point that out. I just safely uh, you safely go extremely fast. The speed you limits. know, I, I'm standing. I, I want to get you one of these things. I'm standing on. It's a squishy mat. It'll change. I guess you have carpet, but I don't have carpet. I got a wood floor, and this thing has changed my life. Standing on this squishy mat instead of the wood floor at my stand up desk, it's really a game changer. Yeah. Well, uh, is it like standing on flip flops? It's kind of, well, no, I mean, yeah, I guess. Is it, it like kind of, standing on the bomb protect, bomb checking thing at the airport, the TSA? That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> Big shout out to our friends at the TSA. All right. So, uh, Seth, Seth Larrabee on the podcasting. I was able to get this podcast set up and launch my new defining moments for Internet Marketers podcast based on what I learned. Uh, much thanks to James and Ezra for this awesome information. Rock on. There you go. So Seth has actually got his podcast out there. I I can tell it must have been helpful to get this thing out because I think I recorded that podcast an enormously long time ago. So there's been a lag and it's nice to know that something created the change from not having a podcast to having a podcast. So well done implementing. Seth. Good for you, Seth. I'm sure your podcast is going to be awesome because you're an awesome guy. Uh, and that is cool that, that – uh, I, people often come up and say, "Man, I loved the burnout episode," or you know, old school episodes. Or <laughs> yeah, the well, burnout. Like you said burnout. It's like the magic word. Uh, anyways, all right, let's move on to our quote section. Think about it, James. What do you got? Let's see if you take this one. Whoa, hang on a sec. Wasn't there something from Paul? Uh, well, you know, I skipped over Paul's one because he had two. And okay, and this yeah, okay, we got that's fine. We, all we right, just right. want to acknowledge Paul's second comment. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Paul. Thanks. Uh, it's like we acknowledge Carol. You know, uh, Carol's been a prolific commenter on my other blog these days over at Superfast Business. I've been helping her with uh, thumbnails and video SEO, and she's very appreciative. Great. 
a great friend. Okay, so you gave me a quote, which is pretty good. It's give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening. Abe Lincoln. It's a good one. I like that quote. I really do. It's a quality dude, a quality quote. I found a similar one that might explain the way that I read. Uh, the degree of slowness is directly proportional to the intensity of memory. The degree of speed is directionally proportional to the intensity of forgetting. Milan Kundera from slowness. So there's something to be said for doing things slowly. Well, this is exactly what I said when we started. When you're moving slowly, you, you actually perceive more. You sense more. You have more time to take in what's happening. It is a proven fact. It's like the whole multitasking thing. The people who think they can multitask, they're really actually only putting their attention on one thing at a time. They're just quickly moving their attention to other things and not really doing anything very well. Well, so. speaking of that, when you put Dan's comment about the, the kind words and the talk and the window down, Something didn't sound right to me, so I went and researched, and lo and behold, the comment was actually left by Dan Andrews, our tropical MBA buddy. Ah, and sorry about that, Dan. Yeah, uh. like he's going <laughs> to listen to that, and he's like, screw you. Uh, but now I want to correctly attribute, I'm not saying that Dan Norris isn't a V8 lover. I can't tell. I know he likes surfing, but... Big shout out to Dan Andrews. I've, I've, I've tracked <laughs> oh, no. this down. I've found it, and, and I'm going to suggest Ezra just takes it a bit slow when he's preparing the ah, comments. There you go. <laughs> and the reason that. I don't do it is I've identified it's something that I shouldn't be doing. Ezra's very good at this. Very, very good. So <laughs> I, I probably could have gone a bit slower. Uh, so apologies about that, Dan. Uh, my quote is: "There is more to life." than increasing its speed by Mahatma Gandhi. Basically, the point is the process. The point is not arriving at the goal, but it's you know the experience that you're having as you get to that goal. There's more to life than just moving through it quickly. Um, and that's kind of uh, what we've been talking about. You know, there's this uh, salesperson I had who used to, he was like a super fussy perfectionist and uh, pedantic, like absolutely pedantic. And he used to get riled and, and irritated by just about anything. And he actually had this little saying that would calm him down. And it was sort of a meditative idea. But when he got really wound up, he'd say, no, okay, I'm just going to go and chop wood and boil water. And what he was referring to is probably that sort of therapeutic process. You know, if you out, if you imagine yourself out in some Siberian wasteland with a little wooden shack, you just take out your axe, you go and chop down a tree, cut it down into little blocks of timber and then, you know, build a fire and then put your water on, just watch it, you know, let it boil. It takes a while, but that's a, that's just doing some manual labor, something therapeutic about that mundane task. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for meditation and how slow that has to happen for it to be effective, right? Absolutely. I don't, I haven't seen speed meditation. I'm sure some crazy <laughs> person's invented it, but, but generally speed the whole dating. idea is, is about letting go and just you know surrendering all your thoughts and just just being and it's it's definitely it seems like a slow thing to do. Uh, I just remembered about how I was going to talk about speed dating and and what a novel concept that was. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's spend as little time as possible with these people who we potentially want to date. <laughs> all in a while. I just think it's a really interesting and fascinating um, 
thing. Anyways, let's move into our tips, tag tips. Um, my tip for you is to fall in love. Fall in love with what you're doing. Choose to enjoy what you're doing. Choose to have a good time. Face the inevitable with joy. If you're going to do something, choose to love it. Fall in love with the things that you are doing because you have that choice. You get to choose uh, whether or not you're going to enjoy what you're doing. And if you decide to enjoy what you're doing and fall in love with what you're doing and the people that you're doing it with, you will have much more pleasure in your life. Well, I saw a, a, sh- a show uh, recently about an athlete who was very good at at sort of um, endurance stuff, and she had this sort of saying like, "Love the hills," and she used to even scream that out to her daughter who was doing like cross country skiing. Love the hills, and she was she actually talked about her methodology. She said, "Look, the hills are there; they're all they're they're always there. It's like life; there are always hills, and when you get up one hill." There's going to be another one. And at the point where you recognize that and you say, you know what, there are going to be hills, then you can love them because they're going to be there anyway. And what she was really saying is you can choose your attitude. And I think that ties in nicely with what you were just talking about. And this was a performance athlete champion who just took on the hills. So my tip is to say thank you. Just be appreciative of what you've got. Stop and acknowledge the things. Maybe you're just in a rush. You're just in a rush for the sake of being in a hurry. Uh, you know, driving off quickly to work. But like, do you really want to be doing that anyway in the first place? A lot of a lot of times, um, you just forget to do the things that would make such a difference. So maybe if you slow down, send off that handwritten note to someone. Send off a little uh, SMS, or or maybe even pick up the phone and and call a loved one or whatever. And just say, I uh, appreciate you or organize a catch-up or whatever because otherwise you just move so quickly it all gets into a blur and then suddenly you're old and you feel like you might have regrets or whatever. So and- slow down for a sec. Just take a few deep breaths. And it's never been more apparent to, to me than now where I have pretty much a flexible schedule and I can choose. I've got a lot more choice than what I used to have five years ago and I'm appreciative of that. I really appreciate how how having the made some good decisions and thinking about things in the past has helped me have the current experience and I plan to continue making good choices and and doing things when appropriate slowly so that I get a really high yield from something in the long term. And then when it's time to be fast, I'll be very fast. I'll be faster than most. But not everything has to default to fast. Like imagine if we did this 48-minute podcast in three minutes. It's not going to have the same depth. It's not going to have the same feel about it as if we slow it down a bit. You know, you are are quite good at um, acknowledgement and appreciation. In fact, I remember one of the the first things that really sold me on uh, on the circle was I think it was maybe like a month after I joined, you sent me a um, a video like that you'd recorded on your iPhone or your iPad, and it was just like, hey man, just wanted to take some time to say thanks so much for all your contributing. It feels really good, blah blah blah, and whatever whatever it was that you said. But uh, the fact that you had taken the time to shoot a video and send it to me changed the way. Like I now probably send out 
15 or 20 video messages like that a week. It was just genius because you took – like it, it's so much it's – so, it's better than a text. It's better than an email. It's like you took the time to stop and record me this message and I use now video messages in all my proposals. If I'm going to send someone a proposal for a ten dollars or $15,000 e-commerce site, it's through a video. I'll sit down and record a screen capture but I just thought that was a really, really smart uh, and effective style of communication because it showed that you cared. Yeah, and for me, it's the most effective communication method that I can use. I would much rather talk or make a video than even write. So whatever works for you, but but it is important. And also, just a, a huge tip, if you have a team, set up a, a group broadcast email and send a personal video to the team, but make it just talk about you. So at the end of a week, you might say, hey, I just want to acknowledge how well we did as a business this week, but I know that comes from your individual efforts. And thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You can send that to your whole team, but it's because you really are, you're going to have the same message for every single person. But it takes you all of 30 seconds to acknowledge your entire team. For me, that's a leveraged uh, output because, you know, I, I guess making 50 or 60 personal messages might take a little while, <laughs> would literally take me a few hours. Uh, but it's still worth doing occasionally. Are you there? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I've been here. Usually, um, you close out the show, so I was giving you the opportunity to do that. Oh, okay. All right. I can, so let I me can do, do it. Let me just, no, no. I'll just, I'll just get, get into sync here. All right. All right. So there you go. We've, uh, you've been listening to Think Act Get. We're talking about mindset and behavior and the results that happen when you get all that stuff in place. And we really want this to be a focus on improving your life and your business. Everything is directed to you. That's why we read back your comments. That's why you can leave a comment and be a part of the show. So you've been listening to our episode 34 about speed. Because in our society, we commonly equate faster with better. But that's not always the case. Products like 6-Minute Abs sell really well. Technologies continue to develop. Things continue to move faster. Communication moves faster. The younger generation doesn't just email because it's slow. They text or instant message. Speed, however, is just the rate at which something is able to move. Luckily for us, more often than not, we control the rate. So there you go. Speed. What is it? How are you using it? How is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at today in Think, Act, Get. And I want to thank my co-host, Ezra. It's been amazing to talk to you again today, and we should do this more often. Yes, I agree. We should uh, uh, pick up the speed at which we put these episodes out. (laughs) We've been too slow. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.